This story is brought to your ears by all our fantastic supporters on Patreon. To get in on the action yourself with bloopers, extras, and the occasional early story, join us at patreon.com slash voiceofallmtg. We'd like to thank our newest patron, Agile Bill Krebs, for already donating. For more stories, or just a chat, visit voiceofallmtg.com. And now, Voice of All presents... Who Tells the Stories? Episode 5 of the Rivals of Ixalan Saga The immortal sun vanished beneath their feet, and Huatli, Tishana, Vona, and Angrath all tumbled through the floor into the empty room below. The lot of them landed in a breathless heap on the ground. Huatli groaned and sat up. She felt bruised and sprained, but lighter somehow. She looked at Angrath, who blinked in dumbfounded amazement. The two of them looked upward. Where the immortal sun had been was now just a hole in the ceiling. Angrath stood and glared at every person in the room. <laughs> I hate this plane, I hate this city, and I wish you all a viscerally painful death! His body glowed a warm and vivid orange as he planes walked away. See you never, pathetic fools! Tashana was staring at the place where he had been a moment before. She looked at Huatli, confused and alarmed. He's... gone. Huatli nodded limply. And so is the sun both the immortal sun and the barrier. Perhaps they were one and the same after all. No! Vona yelled at the hole in the ceiling. She was hissing in anger, stomping her feet on the ground. Uh, where did it go? Which one of you took it? What happened? I can't see anything. The Hierophant yelled faintly from the room above them. It's gone, Mavrin. The immortal sun is gone. <gasps> no! Wally was too exhausted to laugh at how childish it sounded. Breaches and the siren Malcolm were peering downward through the hole. Where is Sun? It is gone, goblin. What do we do now? Run away? That seems best. Running away! The goblin clambered up on Malcolm's head. The siren paused for a moment, and his head tilted as if he were listening for something. Running away? Malcolm shook off whatever had overcome him, extended his wings, and departed. Watley got to her feet and walked over to help Tashana up. The two of them stood and looked around the room. A rumpled nest of dried leaves and grass was heaped into one corner of the room, a bed for some giant creature. The place had the same musty smell that permeated the rest of Arazka. A massive door was open to the outside, and light spilled in to illuminate a room that had been dark for centuries. Tishana waved her hand, and Watley heard a thud followed by a pained groan from the room above. Moments later, Maverin Fane clambered through the hole in the ceiling and moved to Vona's side. A shadow appeared at the door, silhouetted by the sinking sun. Is it gone, children of night? 
Watley knew immediately who it was, and sensed the others did as well, for Tishana tightened her fists at the same time that Vona and Maverin Fane fell to their knees. Saint Alenda approached silently. Her golden eyes were forlorn, staring at the hole in the ceiling where the immortal sun once stood. She looked down at Vona, who was trembling with an emotion Wally couldn't quite read. Awe? Guilt? Or some amalgam of the two? Did the beast take it again? Vona looked up, her expression that of a confused child. Saint Elena, I, I don't know what you're talking about. The Azure Beast. Did he take the immortal sun? It vanished from underneath us. Watley was suddenly aware of the gaze of all four of the others. But I saw something large fly away not long ago. Saint Alenda stood in quiet contemplation for a moment. So it is gone for good. She looked up and nodded. I understand. She turned and began walking back toward the door. Maverin Fane scrambled to his feet. Saint Alenda, wait! You must go after it! We have to retrieve the immortal sun! Alenda smiled gently and shook her head. No, my child. We are free. It is gone forever. Do you not feel the change in the city? The power that was bound here is... free. Orozka's magic was subsumed so long as the immortal sun was here. Now it flows as freely as my namesake. Vona rose from her kneeling position as though the floor had suddenly caught fire. In the blink of an eye, she closed the distance between herself and Alenda and began to shriek. How long? How long have you been here? How long? How long? Alenda did not so much as blink. My journey ended centuries ago, when I found this place. Why? Why have you betrayed our people? Why have you denied us the true immortality? Finding true immortality was never our purpose, my child. You have forgotten what we were, what we are. Why, I returned to Torazon to give the gift so long ago. Our order was meant to guard the immortal sun, not to use it. This dark power that we took into ourselves, the horrors that we wrought, all of it was meant to give us the strength to find the immortal sun and protect it from the likes of Pedron the Wicked and those who would use its power for their own selfish ends. Our humility and deference to forces greater than ourselves light the path of our salvation, not the immortal sun. When I finally found this place, I knew beyond doubt that I should not disturb it. The immortal sun was far safer here than it had ever been in Torizon. I finally knew the purpose of my sacrifice, to use my power to stand sentinel here. And so I sealed myself away, waiting for others of our order to find this place so that I might show them the way, so that I might finally be free. That's not true. It can't be true. Maverin Fane hung his head in shame and confusion. 
I searched the depths of my devotion and found enlightenment in my sacrifice. What have you found? What has become of my people? We conquered Dorazon. We created an empire in your honor. Empires are temporary. As an immortal, you should know that, child. St. Elenda, please, return to Torazon and leave Ixalan in peace. Your people did not understand what you meant for them to learn, and they mutilated your memory in your absence. You must be the one to tell your story, not them. Elenda approached Wally. Wally couldn't help but feel small in this Ancient One's presence. You are wise, Watley, warrior poet. And your future will be one of service to worlds far beyond our own. Blessed is your path. Maverin Fane was openly weeping as he finally rose to his feet. Take me to Queen Meralda. Take yourself! You are no saint! Vona's objection was interrupted by a quick slice of her cheek from Maverin Fane. She hissed in pain and glared at him. Maverin readied his weapon. Do not speak ill of a living saint. I'll speak ill of whomever I please. She glared back at Alenda, who seemed to have finally lost her patience. Alenda snapped her fingers angrily, and Vona's knees buckled, her face hitting the ground seemingly of its own volition. She growled as her face was pushed hard against the gold tile of the floor. You will take me to Queen Meralda. Vona slowly got to her feet, her body her own once more, and she wiped at the wound on her cheek. She and Maverin Fane stood and walked toward the door, dumb with embarrassment, and the three vampires exited into the night. Wally let out a long, shaking breath. The chamber was still, and Tishana's eyes were closed. The merfolk opened them, a smile manifesting on her lips. Orazka is found, and Ixalan is at peace. Wally looked up at the ceiling. What does that mean now that the immortal sun is gone? It means the city is unbound. There is old magic in its walls. Magic that the Sun Empire built into every stone and tile. It is still a place of power. Watley nodded, mind racing. She remembered the stories of the old emperors, of conquest and battle, of how cruel the River Heralds had always been made out to be. She knew Tishana now. She knew, had they been the ones to tell their story, they would not be remembered in such a way. Orozca belongs to no one. The Sun Empire's claim is old, but does not reflect the realities of ownership. It should be shared. Tishana was looking intently at Watley. Do you truly think so? Yes. I will return to Pachatupa and advise the Emperor. He'll listen if I tell him the River Heralds are open to negotiation. Are you? Tishana's face was unreadable. After a long breath, she nodded. Yes, the River Heralds are. Watley bowed her head. Thank you, Elder Tishana. I know we'll see each other again. We will, warrior poet. Help others tell their stories. I will. Goodbye, friend. 
They touched hands as a farewell, and Huatli turned to leave the tower. As she walked, a thought came to her mind. Huatli walked to one of the walls and placed her hand on its surface. Curious, uncertain. Will this work? She reached through the lines of power in the city and called out. The threefold roar of an elder dinosaur filled her ears, and Huatli smiled. Pachatupa looked incredibly small from Huatli's vantage point. The journey home had taken a delightfully short time, thanks to the length of her new mount's stride. And though she was worried about dismounting from such a great height, Huatli was happy to arrive with proof of Arazka's awakening in the form of an elder dinosaur. Huatli slowed Zikama to a halt, and politely asked the dinosaur to lower her to the ground. Zakama was not intelligent per se, but she was somehow aware that she had a name, and was able to inform Huatli of what it was through their magical connection. Commanding Zakama was different than any mount Huatli had ever directed before. It was more like guiding an entire river than steering a boat, but Huatli got the hang of it after some trial and error. She was now looking down on her home city, charmed by its relative scale. The entire city looked like a child's toy village rather than the metropolis it was. A crowd had started to gather in the plaza in front of the Temple of the Burning Sun, all staring up in astonishment at the sight of Huatli being lowered to the ground by Zakama's rightmost head. Huatli's descent was less than graceful, but by the time she got down, Emperor Apotsek was waiting. He bristled as Swatli allowed Zakama to depart, and the earth shook with every step the elder dinosaur took. I take it you found Arazka? Swatli smiled. I did. I'll meet you in the temple in one moment, Emperor. She said, finding Inti's face in the crowd. Emperor Apotsek nodded and began walking back up the stairs of the temple, his nervous eyes still watching Zakama's departure over the tops of the trees in the distance. Inti was standing with his mother and father, and all of them were looking at Huatli with more elation than she had ever seen on a person's face. They all tackled Huatli in an embrace, and Huatli laughed as more and more cousins jostled their way through the crowd to pepper her with congratulatory slaps on the back and earnest hugs. They were bombarding her with questions and excited compliments, and Huatli couldn't help but blush at the attention. Despite a lifetime of preparing for dealing with the public, her homecoming was still overwhelming. Eventually, she found Inti again. I need to speak with the Emperor. Her cousin gave her a deadly serious look. You came back on a three-headed elder dinosaur. He better give you that title. Don't leave until that helm is on your head, warrior poet. Wally's gut dropped. She had forgotten about her title. Inti turned her shoulders around and pushed her up the steps, fist pumping in the air. You've got this, cousin. Go tell that Emperor what a hero you are. Watley smiled and began to make her way up the Temple of the Burning Sun. When she reached the top of the steps, a small group of guards was waiting to escort her to the Emperor's residence. 
The formality was unnerving, and Wally followed closely. She was suddenly uncertain how the Emperor would react. What if he did not like what she had to say? Wally stamped the feeling out. Whether he liked it or not was unimportant. He needed to know the truth. The guards parted on either side of her, and Huatli walked forward into the Emperor's meeting hall. The walls were lined with carvings of all the Sun Empire's heroes. Great men and women, warriors and shamans and warrior poets all. Each of them illustrious champions whose stories Huatli knew by heart. Truth is decided by who tells the stories. Emperor Potsek was standing on the far side of the room. Wally walked toward him and kneeled in greeting. He motioned for her to rise and sit. Wally realized the helm of the warrior poets was resting on a table in front of her. You accomplished what I asked. There will be a ceremony tomorrow to give it to you, officially. Wally stared at the helm, and an odd sensation crept over her. The helm was silvery steel and warm golden amber. It was beautiful, and it was hers at last. All those years of study, all those hoops jumped through, all that pomp and circumstance and preparation. But Wally had known all the stories when she was a teenager, had defeated dozens of foes by the time she was 18. And now, Wally could walk to another world if she wanted to. What more did she really gain when she earned something as small as a title? A potsek sat across from her and placed a cup of chocolatel on the table before her. He gently sipped his own. Warrior poet, tell me how you discovered Araska. Watley took a deep breath and began. She did not try to tell him what he would want to hear. She told him what was true. Wally told him of Tishana's courage and wisdom, of how they had ventured into the jungle and tracked the vampire for days. She emphasized that the River Heralds did not desire to reclaim their old territory, but instead were seeking to eliminate the outside forces that were infringing on both their lands and those of the Sun Empire. She told Apotsek about Angrath, and the existence of other worlds, and even told him about Saint Alenda and how she found peace through service and sacrifice. She told him that the immortal sun was gone, but the power of the city remained. Most of all, she told the Emperor that Arazka was not theirs any longer. I urge you to make an accord with the River Heralds. Let us work together to find a way to make peace. Emperor Apotsek sat in silence. He was staring at his empty cup, mahogany eyes quickly scanning back and forth as he thought through his answer. Eventually, he spoke. That is not the story I want you to tell tomorrow. Wally swallowed, nodded. She'd had a feeling that would be his response. The Emperor was shaking his head. We are weeks away from invading Fort Adanto in the south. I need the message of tomorrow to be one of inspiration and conquest. Araska is ours, and if our people see the dinosaur you arrived on and hear a story about working alongside the River Heralds, 
I won't have the support I need for our military campaign. A little fire of fury lit in Huali's heart. After what I just told you, you still think that's the most important thing? You said yourself that Maverin Fane and the Butcher of Magan were monsters. Monsters who were severely reprimanded by their own deity. Fort Adanta will be empty when we arrive. The church will want Elenda returned immediately. Then it will be easier for us to reclaim. Even though that land was controlled by the River Heralds before the Legion of Dusk arrived? Yes. Our empire cannot grow if we do not expand. Our empire has the opportunity to live in peace. Watley realized her hand was on the helm of the warrior poet. She looked down in surprise and caught the glare of a potsack. He stood and looked down at her impatiently. The ceremony will happen as planned, but there will be no oration alongside it. I will relate to the people what happened at Araska. Wally was furious. She did not bother to hide the disgust on her face. It is the right of the warrior poet to address the public. I will not be silenced for the sake of your agenda. It is for the sake of the Sun Empire's agenda, Watley. Apotsek turned and made his way toward his personal chambers. The ceremony will take place at noon tomorrow. Go tell your family the good news. He walked away without another word. Watley looked at the helm of the warrior poet and fumed. She turned and exited down the stairs. Watley went to her aunt and uncle's house before returning to the barracks. Her family offered praise, congratulations, and a table piled high with rabbit and frillhorn tamales and four kinds of sauces. They feasted and asked her 10,000 questions, which Watley answered with gusto. Her aunt, uncle, and dozens of cousins gathered around to listen to her story. They gasped and cheered and occasionally helped the younger cousins to ask questions if they had one, but most of all, they happily listened. Watley was expecting most of their questions to be about Orozka, but it was the nature of planeswalking that captivated them the most. At first, they did not believe her, but when she demonstrated by vanishing and reappearing a moment later with a rock from another world in her hand, Static. Watley explained what she had seen on the other side, a rugged stream in brambled woods, and was answered by her uncle cheering. You can't just stay here and be the Emperor's pet. You have to go there, Watley. The rest of the family yelled their approval, and her uncle mussed her hair affectionately. The youngest cousin laughed and cooed at all the excitement. Watley's smile fell. But I'm the warrior poet. I'm meant to stay here. You're meant to collect stories and histories, Inti said, his mouth full of squash. Why would you only want to tell stories from here when you can go someplace else? The family erupted in agreement. Wally smiled, feeling bashful and a little nervous. And if what the Emperor says is true, then there is nothing you can do. Your destiny does not lie here. Wally trusted her cousin more than anyone. His judgment was sound. She took a deep breath and nodded. I'll go for a week. Her aunt leapt to her feet. I'll pack for you. Inti started stuffing tamales into a bag. You'll need rations. Her uncle and a particularly bold cousin clenched their fists in determination. 
You're not leaving until we get you the helm of the warrior poet. But I'm coming right back. But her addendum was lost in the excited frenzy of her family. The next few hours were a blur. Huatli kissed and hugged and was told to stay put while her family snuck into the temple of the burning sun to retrieve the helm of the warrior poet. They arrived back safe and sound after a tense several hours, with Inti wearing the helm on his head and a foolhardy smile on his face. At dawn the next morning, Huatli said her farewells. She promised she would only be gone a week, and swore she would deal with the Emperor when she returned. Her aunt did not cry, but her uncle did, and she told each of her cousins a different farewell with the same tight hug. The last to say goodbye was Inti. He adjusted the helm on Huatli's head and smiled. You are the warrior poet. It is your duty to gather stories. No one ever said they had the only hours. Inti stepped back with a smile on his face. Watley squeezed the straps on her traveling pack and smiled. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I'll be back soon. Her family waved, and Watley reached for the spark inside her. Her vision brightened with the light of the midday sun, and Watley stepped forward into another world. Thank you for listening to this production of Voice of All. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you not just for the voices of the characters, but also to keep us going and growing. If you enjoyed what you heard, please support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, or following us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, or just plain sharing with your friends. You can also support us financially on Patreon for exclusive perks. Who Tells the Stories was written by the Magic Narrative team. The podcast was produced and edited by Gin Dokeshi, with sound editing by Grace Noir. This week's story featured the voice talents of Caitlin Buckley, Ryan Yoshitani, Rachel Toiba, Sydney Stoffel, Abzan Ascendancy, Ash Thurman, J.W. Forsyth, Emily Dobbs, Liam Wilson, Junonis, Anti Rivet, and Gamer Dragon. Voice of All is unofficial fan content permitted under the Wizards of the Coast fan content policy. Magic the Gathering is copyright, Wizards of the Coast. And hey, I'm curious if anyone's actually still listening all the way to the end of this, so if you are, go find us on Twitter at VoiceofAllMTG, find the post for this episode, and just reply with a winky face. No need for words, we'll both know what it is. Have a great day, y'all. <laughs>